0: So, over the course of Lent, we've been addressing the question of who is Jesus, or who do I believe Jesus to be? And so today's gospel gives us a pretty clear answer. Jesus, who is the image, the likeness, the presence of the Father on earth, teaches us that the Father is merciful, that he, Jesus, is merciful, is defining trait or characteristic. And we've heard this over and over again. You've heard it in homilies, you've read it in different theology books or spirituality books we all know, hopefully know, Divine Mercy Sunday and the Revelation of Divine Mercy. But the question that I have is, even though we know it, we've heard it over and over again, why is it so difficult for us to believe and we know it in our heads, we've learned it, but it's difficult to believe, it's difficult to live like God is really a merciful Father. So often, I find that we're like the older son, we are related to the Father, we know He is our dad, but we refuse to go inside of the house. Inside of the house being symbolic of receiving the Lord's love and mercy. And we, like the older son, refuse to go in. It's our own choice. We can't believe that he is merciful. There are a number of different reasons why we do this, but if we pay particular attention to the gospel text, we'll see a few reasons why. Notice, the older son, right off the bat, begins pointing the finger at the father. I've done all these things for you, And what have you done for me? Nothing. You haven't even given me a little goat to celebrate with my friends. He has this very accusatory attitude towards the father, pointing the finger at the father. And he's come to believe, as often happens for us, that the father really doesn't want what's good for him, really not interested in providing for him. And so we can believe that God is an merciful, loving father, But he's someone who's there distant, really doesn't want what's good for us, doesn't want to shower us with his blessings or his mercy. Often this can come as a result of experiences we've had in our childhood or growing up with our parents, with friends. We've often experienced pain or disappointment. And because these people let us down, somehow the Father will let us down. second thing to notice is that whenever he begins pointing the finger at the father, he does so by comparing himself to the younger brother. Comparing himself saying, look what you've done for him, but you haven't given me anything. Comparing the relationship he has with the father versus the one that has been established with the younger son. But comparing himself, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard me talk about this before, this tendency that we have, and it's really bad today, to compare ourselves to other people. Look what they have. Look how holy they are. Look what they possess. Look what they look like. And as a result, focusing on what we don't have. I don't have their looks. I don't have their intelligence. I don't pray as well as they do. I don't have the same possessions. And so we can despair, or potentially we can grow into envy. And what happens is because we're too busy comparing ourselves to others instead of focusing on our unique relationship with God the Father, we become blind to what we do have. The gifts that He has given to us, the mercy that He has shown us, the blessings that He has given to us. It comes as a result of comparing instead of seeing our relationship directly with the Father. And third and finally, and this is something that we probably glossed over when we read it, but I think is pretty significant. The son, the older son, is coming back. He hears the celebration, the party happening in the house. What does the gospel says that he does? That he goes and asks one of the servants, hey, what's going on in the house? Why is there all this noise? And the servant relays the story of the fact that the younger son has returned. It seems insignificant, but I think there is a significance to it. Because why didn't the oldest son go to the father directly? Why did he choose to go to the servant? It would be normal to go to dad and say, hey, well, what's going on? But instead he chose to go to the servant first. And we don't know why, but we can conjecture that maybe as a result of what we know after this incident... They didn't trust the father. There wasn't a good relationship. Maybe it was governed by fear and insecurity. He didn't believe that he was merciful or good. And as a result, he goes to the servant instead of going directly to the father. So the real issue is, in our own lives, that we can do the same thing too. Whenever we have issues or problems in our own lives, we can grumble and complain. We can talk to other people, which can be a good thing, but we never bring it directly to the father. Saying, Lord, what is the problem? What is going on here? Can you resolve this? In fact, we pull away from the father instead of drawing closer whenever things get bad. And all these three things, and I'm sure you can come up with some other ones too by analyzing the text, are related to the older son's relationship to his father. There's something broken. There's something off. There's something that is in need of repair. And while, in my experience, this is true for a lot of people, and I'm sure some of you may be saying, this resonates and I see it in my own life, in my own relationship with God and my difficulty in believing, living in His mercy. But from my experience, I find that as common as that is, there's another reason that we have a hard time believing and knowing in the mercy of Christ and the mercy of the Father. And it doesn't go so much with God as being untrustworthy or our relationship to him, but instead it comes and is rooted in this doubt that we are worthy of receiving mercy. A doubt that we are really worthy, or we merit forgiveness. And the roots of this go very, very deep, and we don't have time to go into today. But it's more like the younger son. The younger son, when he's there, caught in a sin, is throwing his life away. He's there eating the food of the pigs, living this gross lifestyle. What does he say? I'm going to go back to my father and say. I've sinned against you. Don't even treat me like a son. Treat me instead like a servant or a slave. That's what I deserve. And of course, we know the father's reaction, he doesn't do that. But still, in this idea in his head, if we interpret it in this way, reveals to us the true problem, why we do not feel worthy of being able to receive mercy because it's not that we don't feel able to receive mercy, it's that we do not know our identity as sons and daughters. We may know it here, but lived experience. We're confused about it. We prefer to believe that we should be treated as a slave or a servant. That's the real issue. We don't feel worthy because we often don't live in, or not secure in our fundamental identities as sons and daughters. And this is the real issue. Yes, indeed, we may have some issue about our belief in God, the Father, being truly merciful. And we may struggle with that and that relationship. But the real issue, from my experience, is that so many Christians and Catholics who are baptized struggle with their identity as sons and daughters. And instead, allow confusion to come in, darkness, questioning their value, questioning their identity, and as a result, begin acting out in the same way that the younger son does. We don't believe that we are sons and daughters. We're not gonna act that way. But if we know our relationship with the father that secures a knowledge of our identity and our value and our worth, then we're going to live that out and we're gonna know that we are worthy of the mercy of the Father. So it's an identity problem is the real root issue here. But in conclusion, how do we resolve this? How do we come to better live in that identity as sons and daughters so that we can know and experience the mercy of Christ and of the Father? I'm gonna suggest several things. The first and most important is we gotta repent from sin. The younger son comes to know his identity once he acknowledges, hey, I have not been acting like a son. Because sins, particularly sins of the flesh, can cloud over our minds and our hearts and lead us to question who we truly are. But when we genuinely repent, even if it's imperfect contrition, it clears up and we're able to reestablish that relationship and live in our true identity. Number two, looking at the older son, what does he do? He's focusing on what he doesn't have, what hasn't been given to him. And so often we do that too, tend to focus on the negative, what God hasn't done, what hasn't gone well. The way to overcome that instead is to focus on the blessings we have been given and to be thankful for it. Now, it's so easy to say, I'm going to make a Thanksgiving journal, and I'm going to thank the Lord for what he's given me. And quite often, we want to thank him for the weather, for our good health, and all these wonderful things. And that's nice, but it's often not enough. What do I mean by that? A parent can go to his children and say, Hey, y'all, I love you, you're wonderful, you're great, you're the best ever. It's a good thing, not necessarily bad. But there's a difference from this general saying that you're wonderful and I love you and the personal encounter that we all need from our parents saying, you, it's good that you exist, I love you. A personal gift, a personal affirmation. And so while we can be thankful for the gift of the weather, he gives that to everybody. But we've gotta be able to recognize in our own life, if God is a good father, the ways he specifically says, you are good, I love you. Whether it be gifts that he's given to us or traits that he has given to us to look in ourselves and be thankful for that, unlike the older son. And third and finally, and if you've been listening to my homilies, this should come as no surprise, we are not going to be able to live in our identity as sons and daughters if we do not foster a real relationship with the Father. And how do we do that? We do it by prayer, by being with him, by conversing with him. But again, if all we do is give him lip service, or give them an hour on Sunday and a couple minutes before we go to bed, you're never going to know your identity. And as a result, you are never going to know the Father's mercy because there is no relationship. You're not living in the Father's house. So, that's my prayer for everyone here. Something to focus on, I believe, in Lent. To reclaim our identity and the knowledge of our identity as sons and daughters of God the Father and as a result, you'll be able to come up with a very precise answer of who God is, of who Jesus is. It's the merciful Savior, the merciful Father. Amen.